Coming up. Paul already knew. We already read. He already understood that his salvation was by grace. That it wasn't by any works that he could ever do. It was by not his works because so that he couldn't boast. He understood that. But he says, I fight though. I don't rest on my laurels that I'm saved and I go and push the cruise control button. He said, no, I fight. I fight. Hello, and thank you for joining us on One by One, the podcast ministry of Quench Life Christian Fellowship. Here's a fact. Whether you see yourself this way or not, you are a leader. Have you identified those who are watching and following you? Join us for the continuation of the message series, Evidence of a Leader where we'll look at leadership through the lens of God's word. Here's Pastor Robert with part one of the message, The Rewards of a Leader. On your paper, write this down. Uh, The Apostle Paul was a great leader. The Apostle Paul was a great leader. And one of the reasons he was a great leader is... Number one, he gave God his all. He gave God his all. So I just want to talk about Apostle Paul a little bit, the church planter, the church starter. That's basically what that word apostle means. He was a great leader. He wrote most of the New Testament or at least half of it. There's some debate about the book of Hebrews, but we don't have to get into that. (laughs) But we can see his work in the New Testament and all that he did. He was a great leader. Uh, And, uh, but he was not always on team Jesus. I'm going to say that again, that Apostle Paul and all his great leadership, he was not always a part of team Jesus, just like you. <laughs> you, wasn't, you wasn't always <laughs> a part of team Jesus. And I'm, I'm going to let that marinate a little bit because I don't, don't know if we think about it enough to so that we can see just how far God has taken us. Sometimes we just look back a few weeks or a year, and we don't go all the way back to when we wasn't part of G- Team Jesus. And then we don't see how far God has brought us from. Every now and then, you know, you should remind yourself what God has done. In fact, God has commanded us to remind ourselves for what God has done. He commanded us to pass on to our children what God has done. So Apostle Paul wasn't always Team Jesus. Uh, in fact, it, he, it can be argued that Apostle Paul was, his name was Saul before his name changed to Paul, that he was arguably the greatest fleshly adversary of Jesus. It can be argued. Um, All that he did (laughs) against Jesus. Look what the text says in 1 Timothy 1, 12 through 13. 
It says, I thank, this is Apostle Paul talking, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has given me strength that he considered me trustworthy, appointing me to, to his service, even though I was once a blasphemer, a persecutor, and a violent man. That's Paul talking. <laughs> he says, I thank God that he considered me trustworthy because I used to be a blasphemer. <laughs> I, I, I used to be a persecutor of Jesus and his way. <laughs> I, I used to be a violent man. And you, we all can fill in the blanks with some used to be's. You know what yours are, you know, and we all got some different used to be's, but we all have some used to be's. Pastor Paul called his out and it's written in the Holy Word what he used to be. But Jesus, Jesus picked up Paul just before the trade deadline. <laughs> Y'all, y'all ain't with you ain't walking with me. You ain't walking with me. You know, just just this last week, you know, if you've been paying any attention to the sporting news, you know, the 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 the, the L.A. Lakers they picked up LeBron, right? And then they made they were making a push to get Anthony Davis just before the trade deadline. This was going to be their last opportunity to get to him this year. And so they made a push after Anthony, you know, proclaimed to his team, I don't want to play for y'all no more. <laughs> Anthony tells his team, I want to play for y'all. I'm not going to resign with you when my contract is up. And then everything moved in motion, and the Lakers said, you know, let's make a push to go get him. They were unsuccessful in getting Anthony Davis before the trade deadline. But thank God. That God picked up Paul, he picked up you, <laughs> he picked up me before the trade deadline. If you're wondering what the trade deadline is, that's that, the trade deadline is when you, your, your eyes close and, and your heart stopped beating and your blood stopped flowing. <laughs> that's the trade deadline. And, and I thank God that he picked me up. He said, Robert, come on on to my team. Before the trade deadline. <laughs> oh, yeah. So now I can say Team Jesus. I'm Team Jesus. I'm Team Jesus. And hopefully you can say that you are Team Jesus. If not, I tell you to turn his way before the trade deadline. Because when the deadline comes, there's no more trade. You can't cross over. The gulf, fix, the gulf is too big, the Bible says, to cross over. Some tried to cross over after the trade. At least one, the Bible tells us about at least one rich guy that tried to cross over after the trade deadline. And then Abraham had to tell him that, no, no, you can't cross over. It's, it's, it's over. It's done. He said, well, let me go back, tells us in the gospel. And tell my brothers about, he said, no, no, they, 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 had, they got Moses and the prophets. <laughs> you know, he tells them. 
So I want to encourage you, if you haven't crossed over yet, that you haven't come on Team Jesus, do it before the trade deadline. Ephesians 2, 8, 9, this is this Apostle Paul writing again. He says, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourself. It is yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. So Paul declares that it's grace that saved us. We, we just sung about it. We talked about it. We prayed about it. That it was grace that saved us. It wasn't our works. It wasn't nothing we've done. It was grace. Now, this is an important fact um, that we have to understand uh, that Paul understood. Because if we don't, we might get confused about some of the things, some of the other things that he says. He goes on and says in 1 Corinthians 9, 26, um, running with this whole idea of being an athlete. He says, therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating air. He says, no. I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself might not be disqualified for the prize. Apostle Paul used this athletic theme to explain how he lives his new life in Team Jesus. <laughs> now, it, it might sound like Paul is saying that he's fighting to stay on the team. But that's really not what he's saying. He's saying that I know I'm on the team, but I run my race and I fight as if being on the team depended upon my fighting. Uh, I'm going to say that again. Uh, Paul already knew. We already read. He already understood that his salvation was by grace. That it wasn't by any works that he could ever do. It was by not his works because so that he couldn't boast. He understood that. But he says, I fight, though. I don't rest on my laurels that I'm saved and I go and push the cruise control button. He said, no, I fight. I fight. I'm not just swinging at empty air either. I'm running and I'm fighting to get the prize. And it's important that we this because I think sometimes we take our foot off the gas we press cruise control we jump into our autonomous Christian vehicle of riding in this Christian life and we just want to ride it in an aut autonomous vehicle that drives itself and then we wonder how we end up in a wreck our life end up in a wreck because you, you you've been driving autonomously and Paul says, I don't do that. No, not me. I, I, I don't run aimlessly. I don't fight like a boxer punching air. No, I hit myself to bring my body into under subjection so that my flesh don't control my living, that I live for Christ and Christ alone. He understood that. And Paul was such a great leader. We already, did, we already determined that. Look what he tells Timothy, one of his his, his, his uh, understudies. <laughs> he tells Timothy in 2 Timothy 2, 3 through 5, join with me in suffering uh, like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. 
No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs, but rather tries to please his commanding officer. Can you imagine Paul, this, this, this Paul, the one who's, who's done all these great things, he's talking to his understudy, and he says, join me now in suffering. Come along. Come along and, 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 and live to please your commanding officer, who's Jesus Christ. He goes on and says in verse 5, similarly, anyone who competes as an athlete, he's talking on this athletic theme again, Anyone who competes as an athlete does not receive the victor's crown except by competing according to the rules. We got to get that. <laughs> Paul says, you, you don't get the crown. You don't get the victor's crown. You don't get the trophy if you're not competing according to the rules. <laughs> this is an important fact because... There's too many of my Christians, of, uh, of our Christian brothers and sisters, who are trying to live outside the rules. <laughs> the rules that God has set for us to live by. The examples he set, the, his word, the things he told us to do and not do. To say and not say, to think and not think. Too many of us think it's okay to live outside the rules. But Paul declares right here, you don't get the crown unless you compete according to the rules. <laughs> Even though you're saved by grace, he says you got to compete according to the rules. And the primary rule is that you base your living on Jesus Christ. That's, that's the primary rule. Okay, Primary rule, base your living on Christ Jesus. Sometimes we settle on the fact that, oh, I believe in him. Well, biblical belief affects the way you behave. So it's not just saying I believe in him. No, it's like, no, I base my living upon him. <laughs> in other words, what I do, what I think, what I say is driven by Jesus Christ. And that's the primary rule. That's the primary rule okay? that we got to live by. Paul goes on and says uh, in 2 Timothy 4, 6, and 7, uh, because he realized that life, his life is coming to an end. He says, for I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time of my departure is near. He says, verse 7, I have fought the good fight. I finished the race, and I've kept the faith. This same Paul, <laughs> who met Jesus on the road to Damascus before the trade deadline, this same Paul, who was arguably Jesus' greatest fleshly adversary. He says, I came on Team Jesus. And I fought for Team Jesus just like I fought as much or greater than I fought when I was on the when I wasn't Team Jesus. I fought a good fight. 
Just, just like I was trying to persecute and blaspheme Jesus before and, and persecute his people, his way, I fought a good fight. And I finished the race that God gave for me. And I've kept the faith. Can we, I got a question, can we say that about ourselves? And it's not, Paul didn't say that I fought a fight. <laughs> he said, I fought a good fight. How would you categorize your fight? What adjective would you use to describe your fight on Team Jesus? I want to encourage you to declare, to be able to declare, to live in such a way, fight in such a way that you can say like Paul, I would describe my fight as a good fight. And I would say that I'm running my race. I would say that I'm keeping the faith. That's what I would encourage you to be able to say. So Paul talked about victory, winning the race, which takes us to um, the next point. Be on your paper. Write this down. The realization of the fullness of victory. The realization of the fullness of victory. First Corinthians 9.25 says, everyone who competes in the games, again, this is Apostle Paul talking, everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to, to get a crown that will not last. So he's talking about the, the physical, earthly competition of an athlete. That they do it to get a crown that won't last. In our day and time, we know we have the Olympics and they get a gold medal, silver and a bronze. But we know those things not going to last. But he goes on and says, but we, we do it to get a crown that will last forever. <laughs> a crown that will last forever. An everlasting crown. Um, Peter talks about it in a different kind of way here. He says in 1 Peter 3, 4, uh, praise be to God, to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you. <laughs> An inheritance that can never spoil, perish, or fade. And, and, and maybe that's not enough for you. Maybe I got to say a little bit more for you, for it, it to ring for you. And then I'll say it, it's, it's an inheritance that never goes out of style. You see, some of y'all needed to hear it that way. You see, because I, I know I got some clothes in my closet still that, that are out of style. Yeah, I mean, it's just out of style. I mean, it ain't nothing wrong with the clothes. They still in pretty good shape. But if I walked in here with them, you would say, oh, pastor. You, <laughs> you would say, <laughs> you would say, oh, pastor, um, can I talk to you for a minute? 
Y'all going to So some of y'all need to understand that this inheritance that Paul talking about is not just that it won't, you know, fade and spoil, but it won't go out of style either. <laughs> It'll be in style forever. Forever. Never perish. See, that's what happened when we're, when we're talking about the rewards of a leader. This is we come into the fullness of victory. The fullness of victory. <laughs> and then, uh, see, write this down. Uh, areas of victory. Areas of victory. So when we come into the fullness of victory, we, we can break that down a little more so we can depict what that victory will look like because there are some different areas of victory. Number one, uh, victory over sin. Victory over sin. Second Timothy 4.8 says this. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness. This is Paul talking again. Which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. Look what Paul said. The great, a great leader, Paul says, he says, he says, there in store for me is a crown of righteousness. A crown after I've run my race, after I've fought a good fight, after I've kept the faith, he's saying there's a crown of righteousness. Well, so, well you, add, you may ask, well, how does that give me victory over sin? Well, let me tell you. Because sin basically is unrighteousness. Well, what does that mean? What, well, what that means is, Unrighteousness is not living up to the standard of God. That's what unrighteousness is. <laughs> it's not living up to the standard of God. I think sometimes we don't we don't define sin in the right way. <laughs> we, 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 we define it in such a way that it leaves some loopholes for us to, to do it. <laughs> but it, sin is anything that does not live up to the standard of God. You've been listening to One by One. Here's a personal message from Pastor Robert. You may have never said yes to Jesus Christ. You know God loved you so much that he sent his son to die for your sin so that you could live with him forever. If you're ready to say yes to the love that God showed, Pray this prayer. Lord God, I admit that I sinned against you. I've made some mistakes in my life. I believe that Jesus died for my sins and my mistakes, and I commit my life to you. I ask that you come into my life, come into my heart, take control, transform me to reflect the character of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I want to personally welcome you to the family of God. And I want to encourage you to connect with the church near you 
so that you can learn more about Jesus, grow closer to God, and to other believers. God bless you. To learn more about Quench Life Christian Fellowship, visit quenchlife.org. You can follow us on Facebook, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and connect with us on LinkedIn. Also, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at quenchlifecf to receive regular words of encouragement and ministry updates. Join us next time. Let, let me ask you, is anybody going to be in heaven because of you? And not that you have power to say. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about because you stopped and loved somebody, told them about Jesus Christ, partook in the work of the, of the church so that the church can send out the gospel message. Somebody heard it because of your contribution, whether it was your physical work, your funds, your, your, your talent, your gift. Is anybody going to be there because of you? Thank you for listening.